Oh, this guy's out of the doghouse too? My goodness. Yeah, the wife is working in the doghouse today, so I get to be in the living room. Oh. Daytime things, huh? Yeah, man. Feels good. Of course it feels good. You don't have to work. Wife's not there to bother you. Yeah, Baby's but, uh... not there. What a world. <laughs> it's nice, I gotta admit. And, uh, <laughs> you know, gonna go picketing after hey. this and uh, watch Succession. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Hoops Corner. I'm your host, Peter Tran, and on the line, finally... Finally made his way out of the doghouse. Josh Cohen, how you doing? Doing well. Feels good to be out finally. It's been a long time. It's a little different with the daytime, huh? It's nice. It's nice. Nice change, for sure. I feel refreshed. I love it. <laughs> the banger of the paint, a residential medical expert. You're going to... Man, this guy's going to be busy during this playoff run. Rajan Valia, how you feeling? I feel energized. Uh, my knees are better than Kawhi's. Uh, I'm living my best life right now. I'm ready to go. I'm uh, honestly, this is probably my favorite uh, month of NBA basketball. Roger, you're going to be going to LA soon, aren't you? You're going to go uh, pay Kawhi a visit, join his medical staff that doesn't talk to anybody? Honestly, I thought I was going to maybe have the choice of games, whether it was going to be the Suns or versus the Clippers or the Grizzlies versus the Lakers, but I don't think any games are going to be played while I'm there. So, you know what? I'm just going to have to enjoy the sun and eat some good food. Yeah, why don't you just make a quick trip out to Phoenix instead? Oh, Catch that's... game five out in Phoenix. Nah, I can't support Chris Paul. I have my issues with him. <laughs> then you can wear your Ottawa Valley shirt, though. It'll be perfect. That, that, that I can rep, but you know what? I'm ashamed of Phoenix. They went away from their Valley jerseys. That's like even less reason to cheer for them. It's true. Those are sick jerseys. I, have you noticed how often NBA teams are just switching jerseys now? Like, when we were younger, it felt like, you know, once every, like, four or five years, whatever. But now it's, like, every year there's at least three jerseys dropping. It's constant alternatives. Like, uh, They're trying to really much. maximize that revenue stream, aren't they? Yeah. It is, for sure. I also hate the color schemes. Like, stick to your colors. Like, obviously, you can have one retro jersey or one jersey that represents old, like, colors. But, like, watch. We're going to see Lakers jerseys in, like, burnt orange next year um, that have, like, no relationship at all to what the Lakers colors are or were in the past. So, it's just a bit much. It's hard to to recognize, and it kind of devalues the jersey and the team colors, but whatever. What, you mean that the Minnesota Timberwolves with lime green isn't enough for you? You know what? They have a <laughs> bit of green in their jersey, so it's not that far-fetched. But yeah, I'm not about it. It's a far cry from Kevin Garnett's a badass wolf to a lime green <laughs> line. There's nothing else to that jersey. It's very disappointing. They we'll just get into the Timberwolves later. Go with what works. You know, if the Lakers brought back the baby blue, they would sell so many of those jerseys. I'm not sure oh. why they don't do it. Uh, so this is like a, a personal story, but Ben used to have one of those like Kobe Minneapolis Lakers jerseys, like the old blue, old school blue ones. We were like in grade 10 or grade 11. I would, I would take it all the time, obviously, because it was a dope jersey. And then I just gave it away. Come on, man. Like I literally took this jersey from you all the time. And then he gave it to one of his boys. He's like, yo. That is a mistake. Man. That is what? a mistake. Yeah. The disrespect. 
running high in the with the twins. Was it like that uh, meme with those two guys outside the club after going clubbing for like three hours together, where they exchanged shirts, or yeah. <laughs> he just exchanged jerseys <laughs> with somebody else that he found in the club? Yo, imagine doing it in high school, swapping <laughs> jerseys for like a long pink tee. <laughs> I could see him doing that. Uh, so could I, unfortunately. So could I. Uh, okay, let's get into it. The Warriors and the Kings. The, probably the most exciting series of all the playoffs so far, right? Tied 2-2. Game 4, we saw... I don't, I don't know how to describe this. We saw both teams try to choke it down the stretch. We saw Steph Curry pull a Chris Webber and call a timeout without having one. Steve Kerr challenging a call that led to the lack of timeout, which no one thought would ever work. And then the Kings just fumbling. Fumbling, relying on... I mean, it was a good look, but Harrison Barnes missing a three at the buzzer. The series has just been on and off, right? Like, one team leads, goes back and forth, blah, blah, blah. And on top of it all, we have a Draymond suspension. Draymond, who should be teed up at least four times a game. And then finally, you know, we get a rest. We get a couple of days off. And Woj just comes in. Darren Fox with uh, an injury to his, I think his index finger on his shooting hand. Is that is that right, Raj? Yeah, it's his left hand. His left hand. Uh, how how bad do you think this is going to be for him? Like, I'm assuming we're that he's going to play, right? There's no way that he sits out in Game Five of a playoffs due to a uh, an injury to the tip of a finger. Yeah, but I, I think it will obviously affect his performance on the court, and I think. The, the decision that the Kings are going to have to make is, will they even have a chance without Fox? And I think the answer is a, a resounding no. Uh, I do expect him to suit up, play, um, but if the game does at some point get out of hand, or if he's not able to have a good dribble, not be as effective, then um, or if he re-injures or further injures the finger, um, I think they'll pull the plug on him. Kind of a bummer to the series, because like you mentioned, it's probably the best one in the first round. Uh, like Malik Monk showed up, De'Aaron Fox has really shown that uh, he can be a leader on this team. He's uh, He was very clutch in the fourth quarter. Uh, honestly, this series comes down to how well the Warriors have defended Sabonis. Because Sabonis is a, as a player, like their second star, you could say, and um, he's really been held to... Um, minimal attempts per game. He's not being aggressive. He can't seem to finish at the rim. Uh, and even his like initiating offense, like they're giving the Draymond Green treatment to Sabonis, leaving him open at the corner of the key. Um, and you can just tell that without Sabonis hitting, that that Kings offense can't function as well. And uh, obviously they rely a lot on three-point shooting and uh, game four, the the shots weren't going down, and if Sabonis isn't playing well, and your shots aren't going down, you really shouldn't have any chance of winning the game. So credit to them for fighting and staying in that game. But with this injury to Fox, with the momentum that Golden State has, the experience, kind of like I predicted, the experience is really going to be the difference. And uh, I I do think Golden State's going to win this series, and. I, I just think Sabonis has to show up. And if I'm Sacramento, it kind of concerns me. Like, he's it's not that he's had one bad game. Like, he's really not had a good game in this series. And um, 
what the Warriors are doing, it's not like they're... Like, Draymond obviously missed Game 3, but the Warriors aren't doing anything that crazy unique to Sabonis, like doubling him or um, or throwing him a completely different look. He's just not performing. And so you kind of have to ask questions about how well Sabonis is going to play in the crunch time. They are taking away his pet moves, though. Like, he likes to just bully people to the basket and then get that little, like, lefty hook from two or three feet. And they're giving him so much space, and he's taking it up by just continuing to try to back down guys like Looney, who can't be moved, or even Draymond, who's very tough to move as well. So I think what he has to do is adjust and take those little, like, 10-foot floater shots or 10-foot uh, flip shots, which he's pretty good at, but for whatever reason, he decides not to shoot them. And oftentimes at the free-throw line, when he gets the ball there, little you know dribble handoff actions, he's wide open for mid-range shots, and he is also chosen not to take those shots and when he has he's missed most of them um but on the fox note um you know jeff stoss from in street clothes who's you know renowned for you know keeping a database of all the injuries over the course of the last 20 30 years said this would most likely just be a pain tolerance thing with him and guys have sat out in the past with this but with the playoffs obviously a little bit different so i think you know he's obviously doubtful to play tonight right now but as we've seen in injury reporting so far in the playoffs, doubtful means absolutely nothing because it often changes by midday come game day, which has happened to Giannis recently, obviously, and a few others. So I think ultimately he probably will play. And I hope he has like a Willis Reed moment um, just in terms of the crowd just going crazy that he is playing. Uh, but hopefully he actually plays better than Willis because if he doesn't, then he's, you know, the Kings are not going to win tonight, obviously. I think Willis had like four points in that game. Um, but... <laughs> He was very uplifting for the Knicks at that time, but uh, you know Fox needs to be more than that for the for the Kings to win, obviously. But as you mentioned, I think it will come down to if you know Fox can't really handle the ball well with his left hand, then it's going to come down to whether Herder can make shots, and he hasn't done that so far. Nope. And uh, if Sabonis can make up that space in a more efficient way, um, that makes more sense because like so far in four games, what he's doing is not working, so he's got to adjust. Yeah, like, I'm just surprised. Like, I, again, I never thought Sabonis was, like, the new coming of LaMarcus Aldridge, but he's so scared to take those mid-range shots or shots where he's maybe 10 to 15 feet from the basket. He's looking right away for a dribble handoff. And another thing, too, and I know it sounds really silly, and he is one of the, like, the veterans on this team um, in terms of having a bit more experience in in playoffs, Um, but... I feel like he needs to focus a lot on his game. Like they had this mic'd up section where he was like encouraging his teammates and doing all the really good things that you want him to do. But at the same time, you got to pick up your own game. Like that will be something that's more useful than trying to pick up Keegan Murray after he misses three three-pointers. Like I- I'm happy for that, but I-, I need him to be a bit more aggressive and uh, really kind of know that, hey, he can be a-, a top 30 player in the NBA when he's firing and... And he's not playing like one. Definitely not. They're they're really giving him like the the Ben Simmons, Draymond Green treatment, right? Like it's incredible to see that you know a guy who is most likely going to be third team uh, All NBA at center position all year. We've touted him as one of the better offensive centers in the league, and then to just like completely disappear to get maybe three to four feet of distance from a defender. Every time, like every possession from the foul line, without exaggeration, like every possession that he gets the ball at the foul line, he just stands there and waits. 
right? Draymond's at least like an arm's length away at minimum. And you would expect him to at least like take a jumper once in a while. I think he took one in game four. And throughout the year, like he was money. I'm not saying he's like the best shooter, Raj, like, like you alluded to. He's not like amazing, but like you're good enough to shoot. Have some confidence. It's really weird that he's been thrown off his game so much because, you know, we talked about it already. He's used to bullying people. But if, you know, if you can't bully people, you sort of have to adapt to something. You can't just, for lack of better terms, disappear on your team, right? So strange, considering he is, aside from Harrison Barnes, he's the guy with playoff experience on this team. Granted, it wasn't like a lot with OKC or anything, but he still had some playoff experience. He had more than Fox. And Fox is showing the hell up. Yeah. Good on Fox. And like, going back to game four, uh, I think that loss that Sacramento had, obviously Golden State uh, ended up really kind of closing the fourth quarter really well. Um, Obviously Sacramento had a chance. Golden State? Yeah, like obviously not in the last minute, but they did. That's not closing then, is it? Yeah, but they also narrowed the lead like the lead that Sacramento had grabbed a lot of momentum away from Sacramento. Sacramento was not getting good looks. They were rushing everything. Like they had like 35 seconds, oh not 35, 50 seconds left and Malik Monk was going one on two and they were down like one point or two points. Like it was a bit ridiculous the way their offense was running. And you could tell this was just an inexperienced team um, who hasn't been there before. Uh, but I, I thought Golden State did an okay job, obviously, when you still have a chance to win the game. And remember, Wiggins missed a similar type of shot in game one, and that caused Golden State to to lose. And now, obviously, Barnes couldn't make the shot to put Sacramento up 3-1. So I, I feel like this even series should be 2-2. Th- um, like, it's been pretty even overall. But the momentum is clearly with the Golden State Warriors. Like, they won a game without Draymond. And they won a game that, realistically, I think if you're the Kings, you normally win that game. Yeah, it's it's really too bad the Kings didn't win game four. Because all the storylines that would have come out of it would have been so fun to just revel in, you know. Like, Draymond missed like 10 layups that game. Um, you know, Stephen Curry just completely choking away the game at the end in like historic fashion. Not only with uh, you know the Chris Webber moment, but taking that shot early in the shot clock to give the Kings the ball back that early and give them time to get a pretty damn good look. And the one thing that nobody's really talking about is on that last shot, Malik Monk was to the right of Fox. And once that shot went up, he actually ended up getting the rebound after the game was over. And he slammed the ball on the ground so hard. He wanted that shot so badly, and Fox chose to give it to Harrison Barnes instead. And it would have been a really tough shot for Monk to take because Wiggins was on him. And Wiggins was fair distance away from him but he would have got a good contest up because Wiggins is really athletic obviously um but yeah if you watch that clip back like Monk was so (laughs) angry it was pretty funny to watch would you rather have that or a Harrison Barnes wide open three from the wing right like Harrison Barnes is wide open honestly if I was the Kings um the configuration that I would have had is instead of having Harrison Barnes there I know this might be crazy to say, but... Murray. Exactly. I would add Keegan Murray, Murray there. He had 23 points, I think, in that game. He had five threes, I believe. So Somewhere around there, yeah. He is a rookie, but he was hot that game. So I think he was, you know, the option there if, if they could have done that. Yeah. I, I Again, I, I know... I think they knew that Golden State was going to 
double or throw another body at Fox. Um, and again, I think they only needed two points to tie. No, two points to win the game. They're only down one, I believe. Um, and uh, again, I, I thought, like, obviously they did get a good look. And Harrison Barnes is not their best three-point shooter, but he's fully capable. And it's not like Sabonis, who refuses to shoot. Um, but I, I, I personally thought uh, they probably could have got a little better of a look. Um, or a, just kind of a bit more action to the player who had a chance to set his feet. Because it looked like Barnes kind of felt like he had to rush the shot. Not because he wasn't open enough. It's just the timing of it. Like, they obviously want to take the last shot. But, yeah. Like, you lose those games. They they fought hard. And um, now Fox broke his... I, I wonder if Fox actually broke his finger after the game. Was this recently in practice? Or was this during the game? No, no. There's no, a clip out there. Yeah, it was, I think, with a few minutes left in the fourth quarter. He was going up for a layup. And then after the play, um, Kevon Looney, I think, was trying to block his shot. I think he might have hit the tip of his finger or maybe hit the ball and the ball hit his finger. I'm not sure what it was. but Flagrant. It was a nothing play. Can you can you call a, a backlogged flagrant foul here? Let the Kings start off like 1-0 or 2-0? I, I think they would rather have the actual flagrant. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it... it Again, we'll see what happens um, in terms of if Fox plays, but I I think it's almost a given that Golden State's going to win this game. Nah, man. Home team wins it all. The Kings home, are going to home, home. Yeah, the crowd is going to be crazy tonight, so Golden State's going to have to earn it even if Fox is injured. So I think it's going to be a close game regardless, but uh, it's not looking good. I hope the Kings win, Watch though. Harrison Barton's revenge game. Game five. I mean, so after, choking away, after choking away the 2016 final, after missing game four big shots, that he had two big shots down the stretch, and he missed them both. Just watch. Harrison Barnes. Black Falcon coming up. Caca. Falcon punch. Black Falcon punch. Caca. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Josh, do you still like the Warriors to win this then? I mean, I picked. I think I picked the Warriors in six before the series started. So it's looking that way, but what the hell? Kings are going to win tonight. Oh my oh. god, Josh. Oh. Let's go. Oh. Let's the beam is getting to your head. Yo, watch. They're going to win, and then De'Aaron Fox is going to use his left pinky, or uh, his left index, and then light the beam. <laughs> they should just, they should light the beam during the game. <laughs> to get all the energy. <laughs> Drop the confetti during the game. <laughs> That'd be sick. It's like Goku using, getting the spirit bomb ready, you know? Getting all the energy in the world. Behind the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, maybe that'll get Sabonis going. <laughs> it still won't. Sabonis is... Uh... Yo, what, what do we think of this Alex Len resurgence here? Oh, God. Are we enjoying it? <laughs> I think... Again, I think they're going to look at that center position after in the offseason. Put on uh, Rashawn Holmes, man. Yeah, Rashawn Holmes is sent to the Shadow Realm. <laughs> You know, I don't know if he's even traveling with the team. As funny as it is to talk about, like Alex Len has actually been pretty good this series. So I don't think he's you, been solid. You, you can't really handle his performance, honestly. Yeah, no, no, I'm not. No. I'm not actually talking shit about Alex Len, man. He's been perfectly fine. Alex Len is like that typical big white guy in the league, like Cody Zeller. You know, he just needs to be around, does the right things, has a couple of big plays a game, and then uh, chills. Yeah, solid ten minutes per game. Towel waiver. Mm, gives you yeah, your man. minutes. Yeah. 
Uh, Raj, I really hope you're wrong. I still want to see Sacramento advance. They're, they're a much funner team. <laughs> want than and expect are different. I just don't want to hear Draymond Green podcast anymore. I just want a game seven. We need a game seven. I yeah. Bold prediction, there will be zero game sevens in the first round this year. Not so bold, but... you Okay, well, we're going to get to the next... I mean, the other series that could potentially go seven, which I think is still going to go seven. With the, you know, which is Wait, Bobby. what series are you talking about going seven? Miami-Milwaukee. You think Miami-Milwaukee is going to go game seven? You don't. You think Miami's wow. going to beat them? <laughs> Miami could win at home, man. Game six? I know, which means that you think Milwaukee's going to lose the series. They could, yeah. A 3-1? How many times have, have NBA teams come back from 3-1? I know, it's Twice? 95%, whatever, you know. <laughs> I'm tired of just seeing that fucking nonsense. It's like after every game, it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, teams that are up 3-2 win 85%. Of the- Thank you. Yeah, I know. It, it happens a lot. So what? It's all about who wins game four, aside from the Warriors. But it's all about who wins game four of the season. We don't need to see that after every game, though. It's like, oh yeah, the team that wins game two wins 75%. Who cares? It's true. It's true. But behind Jimmy Butler, you know, Miami is uh, quite lethal. Yeah, I think the bigger thing is Milwaukee choked that game. Like, uh, obviously, Jimmy Butler. I Okay, to be honest, I'm going to give credit to Jimmy Butler he won Miami that game. He single-handedly carried that entire roster. Um, injuries to two of their, I would say, a key, obviously Tyler Hero being the key player, but um, he just carried them. He willed them to win. And being down 3-1, there's a lot of considerations to, to think about if you're the Bucs. Uh, there's a lot of pressure. You're the number one seed. Uh, I think obviously Giannis being injured for a few games can probably alleviate some of that pressure, but I, I do expect Milwaukee to win game five at home. I expect them to come out firing, but I really think come game six, I think Jimmy Butler can show up again. I think Miami will play a really kind of grind out defensive style game. And if the Bucks feel that pressure, their legs start getting a bit tight, their shots start going a bit short. Knees um, weak, they arms are heavy. Themselves. Arms are heavy, yes. Shut up. <laughs> you proud of yourself there? I mean, he was going in that direction anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Surprised exactly. he didn't start so, rapping. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to hear me rap. Um, but yeah, I, I think, honestly, I think it's, I'm going to actually say like series go seven, but I still think Miami may win that series. I actually will put more money on Miami to win that if it does go to game seven than on Milwaukee. Mm. It takes a lot of energy to win two games to what? get yourself to game seven. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. You think Miami is going to win if they get to a game seven? Yes. So so Miami <laughs> has to win in, in six? Miami has no, no, to win sorry. in six. They're not winning a game seven yeah, on the road. I, There's no chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I'm not what you were going to say. I think Milwaukee. I will take Milwaukee that action, by the way. Win. Give me whatever odds you want. I will take that action. Yeah. Okay. Well, you have to Miami's tell me the odds that Miami seven. doesn't win. Get uh, does uh, Bucks don't force a game seven then? That's not what you said, though. You said that if it gets to game seven, you think Miami's going to win. Right. So message me when we get to game seven, then. Yeah, if we do, <laughs> I hope we go. do. Yeah. Because selfishly, I do not want to see a Knicks Miami, you know, round I, two I series. Love it. 
I want to see that. I I don't yeah. want to see the Bucks versus the Knicks because the Bucks are just better. Yeah, like, but... I think that matchup is worse for the Knicks, and I feel like Miami Knicks is a more competitive matchup. It's competitive in like a two thousand four way. Nobody wants to watch so eighty to seventy eight series like. It's hard enough watching this Cleveland series, and Cleveland was a fun team to watch in the regular season, and the Knicks have just, like, choked them out. So, with a team like Miami, who struggles to score, and, I mean, they haven't really struggled too much this series because Giannis has been out, obviously, and then Jimmy Butler goes for 70,000 points in the last game. But, you know, when they play against the Knicks, and both teams playing the same type of style, which is half-court, beat-each-other-up type of offense and defense... It's going to be a hard watch if that happens. Again, I, I rather watch a hard to watch, maybe a less aesthetically pleasing, close series where you're watching and you're not sure who may win that series. It's not like we're watching like a eighty to sixty slugfest and one team is just clearly. We might. It, it might we be might. like that. It might be well, like it, Indiana. Sorry, which team would you take? Let's day. go. Let's go to the hypothetical then. Who's going to win that series, and how much money are you putting on it? New York, New York would win that series. Sorry, Miami does not have any firepower. Like, okay. Butler had to score 56 to win a game. It's not going to happen again. You know what I mean? And the way New York buckles down on one person, forget about it. Forget about it! You got to say it correctly. Don't you wish you came to the Knicks? Yeah, I love that guy. <laughs> The fact they shut down like two major streets after the game too. Every game is amazing. Good for them, man. Yeah, that's what Toronto kind of does. Except they don't shut down streets, but you know, it's good. It's hype. Why wouldn't you be excited for your team? I mean, I, I was there for Game Seven against uh, Miami, and we shut down a couple of streets after the game. It was pretty fun. Did you? Oh, did you really shut down streets? Absolutely, absolutely. There was no cars getting by us. Everyone was honking. It was great. It was a good time. It's like picketing. You know? Surprise you. Yeah, I was going to say, Roger, you hear that discussion picketing for years. I know, Josh, with his <laughs> increased government wages back in 2019. Got my signs, baby. Yo, when you go to picket now, are you just carrying a Raptors flag with you? Yes, guys. <laughs> we the North. Everyone's very confused. They're like, uh, wait, that's not, that's not for the Raptors. And the Raptors are out of the playoffs, aren't they? I'm like, yeah, whatever. I guess we I guess we are the North. You know. Yeah. That's, that would work. Yeah. Get the car flag out, man. No doubt. Bring back Nick Nurse. <laughs> Bring back Nick Nurse. Oh man, do you want to talk about this Buck series anymore with the with the Heat? All right, predictions. Okay. We got to get a prediction here. Miami and six. I'm in. I will say Miami, Miami and six. Milwaukee and seven. Well, it has to be Milwaukee and seven. They're not going to win in five or six. <laughs> How okay? Do we think that Giannis was like really really hurt? Or was he like just stalling and sort of just, you know what I mean? No, I just thinking hurt. that they would just Come on, beat man. them. Be serious? I don't know. I'm I'm legit just throwing it out there. I I haven't thought about it at all. But like, if I was the one seed, I'd be like, yeah, you know, our team is really good without Giannis already. Do we really need to force him back? Maybe give him like an extra day or two to rest. Yeah, I think that might have happened. That, but that's different. Like, I think he's still hurt. I just think that maybe yeah. they thought like, hey, you know what? We won game two without him. Like, we can go to game three probably have a competitive game and worst comes to worst we play him in game four and we win that game and yeah. then their plans failed disagree i think that in the playoffs there's no room for error especially when you're 1-1 going into the other team's gym 
If he could have played, he would have played. And this is Giannis we're talking about, a guy who always wants to play too, and a guy that just wants yeah, to yeah, rip the other team's throat out. Yeah, so. but the team, the not, team's not, also I'm looking not. for the best interest of the player too, right? No, but it, yeah, I'm not in the playoffs. It's different. Like it's the player's choice a lot of the time. I think unless it's like really, really serious where the team sits him down. But either case, like if Giannis could have played, he would have played, in my opinion. I'm not doubting it. I'm just putting it out there. You know, I just wonder. I just maybe he had that much confidence in Brook Lopez and Drew Holiday. Also, is there? Sorry, this is a minor tangent, but is there a more lethal pick and roll combination in the league than a Giannis Brook Lopez pick and roll? It is. Holy crap! You can't stop it because you just can't get to it. <laughs> like the, they so just play high. over the top. Yeah. 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 Give me the uh, Jokic Aaron Gordon inverted pick and roll any day. True. True. I mean, Jokic with most players pick and roll is pretty effective, but especially Ooh. him though. Yeah. True. Oh man, uh, but yeah, shout to Jimmy Butler, man. What a what a game! Three threes yesterday, Josh, for Jimmy Butler. Forty one minutes. Can you guess who played the second most minutes on Miami in Game Four? Udonis Haslam. <laughs> Caleb Martin. <laughs> Caleb Martin played twenty five, so not there. Bam Adebayo and Duncan Robinson. Yeah, Duncan. I was surprised. Woo! What happened Woo! to Max Struess? He's just having a bad series, eh? Right on the bench. It was minus yeah. 10 yesterday. Obviously, plus minus doesn't mean everything, but... Yeah. Minus 10 for Max Struess and plus 15 for Duncan Robinson. Max Struess is a road warrior. He plays well on the road, not so much at home. Who? Struess. <laughs> oh, yeah. Duncan Robinson, the exact opposite. So, uh, expect more Max Struess next game. <laughs> I think so. We we talked about, like, what the Bucks and, I guess, the heat Knicks series would be, but... Do we really need to talk about the Knicks-Cavs series here? I mean, really, at the end of it, it boils down to Jalen Brunson being a bad MFR and should be all, like an all-NBA player caliber player this year. Should have been an all-star. He's basically carrying this Knicks offense on his own and literally setting up everybody. Julius Randle came back from an, an ankle sprain, and yeah, he's been a little subpar. I don't want to sugarcoat it. And... R.J. Barrett, our Canadian brethren, really showing up in New York, even though he's not very good on the road and can barely shoot the ball. This team is just, like, slowed the hell down out of the Cavs, right? They're just buckling down on Garland and Mitchell, hoping that Okoro or Levert, literally anybody else could beat them, but no one can. So as long as you stop Garland and Mitchell, this this Cavs team is kind of just stuck in the mud, right, Josh? Like, they're they're literally just stagnant without those two. Both teams are, honestly. They both have what would be by far the worst offensive rating of teams in the NBA if you compared it to the regular season because both teams just cannot score. I think right now the Knicks are averaging 98 points a game in the series. Um, the Cavs are shooting 31% from three. The Knicks are shooting 28% from three. But the biggest difference is all the hustle stuff, right? Like Mitchell Robinson's bullying everybody out there. Jared Allen just looks like, I mean, he's added weight in the last couple of years, but he cannot keep Mitchell Robinson off the boards, and Mobley hasn't been good enough at center. He's also getting bullied when he's playing center against Mitchell Robinson or Hardenstein. So that's been the biggest difference in the series, and uh, obviously Josh Hart has been incredible too against Mitchell. Yeah, I, I think, like you guys mentioned, both these teams probably don't have as much wing depth as they probably need to to become serious title contenders. I think especially for the Cavs, they're so guard heavy. And 
The knock on Mitchell has been he's always been just a volume player. Like, obviously, he puts up good numbers. He, he You need a scorer on him. But you definitely need another player on your team who can handle the rock and create his own shot and do it a bit more efficiently. Obviously, not to the same degree. We're not talking about, like, a player who puts up 30, 40 points, but someone who can put up an efficient 15 to 20. And um, they don't really have that wing player to do that. And I... I, I I don't like to compare offensive ratings from regular season to playoffs because, again, the, the game speed changes. Teams have time to prepare for you. But, again, both these teams are, or the Knicks are forcing the Cavs to play at a much slower pace. And that's part of the game. And that's part of playoff basketball. You have to work way more in the half court. You're not going to be able to run and gun. And, yes, you can try to pick up the pace. But uh, the game is a bit slower in that aspect. And uh, again, credit to the Knicks. They're they're playing their basketball. They've really controlled the pace of the game. They've controlled kind of who's getting the looks for the Cavs. And like we talked about, Brunson's probably first team all underrated NBA player. Um, like he's probably the first player on that sheet. And we'll probably get into that in the offseason in terms of like all NBA teams and all underrated NBA. But uh, I, I think... The Knicks surprised me even um, in the fact that they were just able to really dominate and kind of bully the Cavs. And the series looks like it's going to end probably in six. I think the Cavs have a little uh, bit of pride here. They're going to win probably a close game five. But I think the Knicks just have so much um, kind of they just they own the Cavs right now. Like the Cavs are in their own head right now. And just quickly, like the main reason why I picked the Knicks in this series was because I watched uh, the last regular season game that they played without Julius Randle, and I saw a lot of things in there that just, it made sense um, for the Knicks to be able to be successful in this matchup in that their bench is just so much better. And the other thing is, you know, having the ball in Jalen Brunson's hands more is going to lead them to better things in this series because Jalen Brunson just owns Donovan Mitchell. And... I said before the series started, if Julius Randle does not play, the Knicks are going to win this series for sure. And Julius Randle has not shown up, and the Knicks are winning. Get out of here. What a twisted way of looking oh, at I know. it. Come on, man. God, he Something sucks in the bad. playoff. He is so bad. He's the, he's the most inefficient player in the playoff history. This is like this, this the role he used to you know, belong to DeMar DeRozan back in the Toronto days, but Julius Randle's taken over. Uh, Shouts to DeMar. All right, Josh, let's move on to some stats corner, please. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, as hard as it is for me to say this, this is just like a quick stat for you guys. Uh, LeBron James has seven game-winning or game-tying shots in the final second of playoff games. No one else in the last 26 years has more than two. The only other players that have two are Chris Paul, Middleton, Lillard, Joe Johnson, Paul Pierce, Duncan, Vince, but LeBron has 70, 7 out of 12 on those shots. Just a quick thing. Um, Plays a lot. It is a lot. The fact he's so efficient on it, pretty impressive. Even though I'm not a big fan of LeBron, he gets it done in in crunch time. Give him his flowers, man. Absolutely. We can respect the greatness. Absolutely. Um, So some trivia for you guys. Can the we? biggest on-off differentials in the playoffs so far through four games of each season, or each series. Sorry, can you name the players that have the best 
um, on-off differentials so far this playoffs. I can give you the teams in all you'd eight like to series. Yes, all of the series. Okay, well, let's go Kings, Golden State, and let's go Steph Curry. Yes, uh, it is Steph Curry. He is at plus 12 on the court, uh, minus 45 off the court. <laughs> 45? <laughs> yes. Woo! I was not expecting that to be that bad. Okay. Uh, I mean, we just sung his praises a bunch, but where's Jimmy Butler on this list? He's actually not on the list. Also, this is not per series. This is all the series in total. So these are the best okay. five players in the eighth series in terms of on-off differential. Mm. Okay. All right. And then let's go with Kevin Durant. Uh, no, Kevin Durant, not on the list. Okay. Miami. That's not Jimmy Butler? Surprisingly, Bam. no. What is this? A Duncan Robinson tribute? Nope. No. One game. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Could it be on Miami? Let's just throw out names, Raj. Kyle Lowry? Nope. Bam. Nope. Wow. Caleb Jeez. Martin. There you go. Number one. He's got a 60-point differential in terms of uh, per 100 possessions. He's plus 30.8 on the court, minus 29.6 off the court. Pretty crazy. What? Wow. How? I don't know. He's you know it, he is he's playing against uh, a lot of the Bucks bench lineup because Kevin Love is for some reason starting and playing decent minutes. But yeah, Ooh. and this Rough. one's going to be a shocker. So the New York Knicks, R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett. Nope. <laughs> you said shocker. Why are you shock? You failed to shock us. No, no. This one's going to be a shocker. Grimes? If you've watched the Grimes. series, you'll know. What? Grimes? Grimes? Nope. He hasn't played in all yeah, four yeah, games. Yeah, he hasn't played much. That's yeah. Are we are we thinking too much about this? Is it like Julius Randle or something? No, or? no, no, no. That would Not be the ultimate matter. shocker, but no. <laughs> this guy, man. He's played a Mitchell lot of Robinson. minutes, and he's had two scoreless games. Mitchell Robinson? Nope. Quickly? Emmanuel quickly. He's uh, plus 35 overall, plus 22 on the court, minus 13 when he's off the court, despite not scoring in two of the games. Wow. Pretty crazy. I guess he gives the spacing aspect. I don't know. <laughs> spacing and uh, a, a ball hawk, man. Yeah. His defense, he's, like, he's very... imagine Emmanuel quickly from his rookie year till now. Like, think back to Emmanuel quickly as a rookie. We just thought he was a gunner, right? But look at him now, man. Tibbs is. Really whipped this guy into shape to be like one of the better defenders in the league, like guard defenders. Obviously. And he looked really solid as a starter offensively in the regular season, but I think he's shown that he can't be a lead guard in this league if he's going to play like this in the playoffs. But um, the next team is the Milwaukee Bucks. Drew. Nope. Giannis. Nope. Brooke. Nope. What? Wow. We suck. Like, we're going through <laughs> Chris? Yep, Chris Middleton. Uh, what? On the court, he's Come plus on. five. Off the court, minus 29 with a difference of 34. Wow. And lastly, the Phoenix Suns. Chris Middleton. Come on, man. Okay, Tory would... Craig. No. Nope. That's the first Booker. guy you guess? <laughs> no, I said, I said Durant earlier, but Booker? Nope. DeAndre? 
I don't want any, I don't want Chris Paul to be on this list. It is Chris Josh, Paul. Josh, stop altering the stats, man. <laughs> yo, I don't like the... the yo, these Plus stats minus when I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm scorekeeping. Plus 13 on the court, minus 20 off the court, difference of 32. And yeah, those are your top five guys. Um, if you'd like, I can do a qu- another quick stat for you. Let's, let's redeem ourselves, Peter. Yeah. Jesus uh, the most non-corner three-point attempts in the playoffs so far. So besides the corners, these are the guys that have taken the most shots um, from the other spots on the floor, so the wing and the top of the key. Can you name Attempts, right? Yes, Not just made. attempts. So Steph is number one at 46 attempts so far, 37% overall. Okay. Malik Monk. No. Damn. Clay Thompson. Clay is at 13 out of 36, 36%. And we're saying top five guys, right? Yeah, just in terms of attempts. Boston. Mitchell? Uh, Mitchell's number I six. I meant Donovan Mitchell. He's shooting 31%. Oh. Yeah, he's been off. But we're talking attempts, not percents, though, right? Yeah. 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 Okay, uh, Marcus Smart? Uh, no. Tatum. Tatum, number two, 39% overall, 38 attempts so far. My boy chucking. And you got the Kings. Keegan Murray? Let's see how many guesses this takes. Herder. Nope. Herder. Nope. No? Barnes? No, it's Fox. There you go. The Aaron Fox, 13 out of 35. Wow. He's taking 35 shots from three? And lastly, he doesn't shoot that many threes. Your Denver oh. Nuggets. Oh, come on, Peter. Oh, this is a tough. layup for you. Is Jamal? Yes, Jamal Murray, thirty-nine percent. One more quick stat: biggest point per game drop-offs from the regular season to the playoffs. Can you guess any of these guys? Julius Randle. <laughs> yeah, number one. I'm sorry, number two, <laughs> minus ten. Number one should be easy. Quickly. Uh, Quickly is number four, minus 8.4. Can we just name me off Knicks now? <laughs> what is that? Joel Embiid. There you go. Number one, minus 13. And then you got wow. the Lakers for the last two, both bench guys. And it's not Rui. <laughs> of course. We're talking about, we're going to have a special plot for him. Uh, Rui's plus minus through the roof this series. Uh, Lakers dropping off in points? Malik Beasley. Yep. Number four, and... Raj, just sweep it, man. This is all you. I haven't said a name. Yeah, let me let me think about this. Lakers bench guy. Big drop off in points per game. Schroeder. Correct. Clean sweep. Ooh, minus seven point seven. Ooh, Let's get, go, that. Money. get the brooms out. Get the brooms out. I'm feeling good now. <laughs> you gonna go pick it too? Yeah, exactly. You're gonna see me. Come with me. Get that We the North flag out. <laughs> All right, Josh, you redeemed yourself with Stats Corner. That first one was brutal, but the other ones worked out well. Well, Barrage. And on that note, <laughs> I want to thank everyone for listening. Please remember to rate and subscribe. Run iTunes, run Spotify, hit us up with those five-star reviews, positive comments. You can find us on social media platforms. Josh, I'm talking about your favorite TikTok. Yeah. That's it. YouTube, Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, you know, the classics. <laughs> and until next time, peace.